Well, the Dallas Stars went to Montreal on Thursday and came out on top over the Canadians in an overtime thriller. On today's show, we will break down this game in its entirety, as well as take a look at some of the trade action around the NHL. It's all coming up on a Friday edition of Locked on Stars. Your Locked on Stars, your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy there, Stars fans. Welcome back to the Locked on Stars podcast, the only daily podcast covering the Dallas Stars, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Dane Lewis, your local expert on all things Dallas Stars hockey, coming to you on this Friday, March 18th. And I just want to take a moment and say thank you for stopping by today's episode. Whether you are a recurring listener or this is your first time here, thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Be sure to follow the podcast and or subscribe if you watch on YouTube, if you do not do so already. We are free and available no matter where you listen or how you listen. We can also find myself and our show on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Dane double underscore Lewis and the show is at Locked on Stars. Be sure to give us a follow at both those spots if you do not do so already. But without any more hesitation, let's get right down to it. Talking about last night's game between the Stars and the Canadians. And it was a lot closer of a game than I thought it'd be. I did expect a little bit of adversity with how the Stars have been playing as of late, which has been pretty sloppy. A lot of lacking urgency on the offensive side of the ice, but we did see quite a few goals go in for both teams this game. Uh, And it was a pretty sloppy game all around, I do have to say. And I think that's to be expected from a team like Montreal, who's at the bottom of the National Hockey League as far as points. Uh, And just, I mean, that they've just been the worst team in the league so far this season. But to see the Stars kind of match that early in the game was a little bit infuriating to watch at times. But thankfully, they were able to pull things together by the end. But this game was pretty much chaotic from the get-go. Saw guys falling everywhere on the ice. I don't know if that was just coincidental or maybe the ice wasn't cleaned very well after warm-ups, which just doesn't seem like it happens very often in the NHL, just with the attention to detail that the league puts into that kind of stuff with the Zambonis and things like that. Uh, But several players from both teams falling on some opportunities that could have maybe turned into breakaways or at least some good offensive looks. So I think that certainly played a factor in the game. We saw 41 giveaways total, both teams pretty careless with the puck, especially when it came to entering the offensive zone. Both teams did not have very good zone entries. And I think that certainly played a factor early on in the game and affected the offensive consistency and the flow of the teams getting set up on offense. Certainly do think that that played a factor, even though there were some good chances for both teams early on. We saw kind of an end-to-end swap uh, for both these teams. We saw Rupe Hintz almost score a goal within the first minute of the game, which would not have been unheard of for for himself or anyone else on his line in Jason Robertson or Joe Pavelski. And then just seconds later, we saw Michael Petza go down the ice and almost put one in for the Montreal Canadiens. So a little bit of chaos all around with guys falling, a lot of giveaways, and also some high-quality looks sprinkled in there as well. And when you play a team as bad as Montreal and then you kind of have a bad night yourself, whether you're the Dallas Stars or any other team, it's important to make sure that you find yourself making less mistakes. And thankfully, the Dallas Stars did do that. And Dallas did pretty well uh, on the PK, which I think also played a big factor because – They have historically this season let teams with bad power play units find ways to be effective on the power play. And although Montreal did score one, uh, I do think that you also have to credit it to the fact that it was Cole Caulfield who scored a goal, uh, who has been scorching hot as of late. I mean, it 
really was almost an inevitability that he was going to score. It was just a matter of when, not if. And of course, he gets it seven seconds into uh, a power play pretty early in the second period for the Habs. But thankfully, the Stars were able to recover from that and keep him somewhat contained for the rest of the game. Although Nick Suzuki also did get in, get involved for this Canadiens team. And he and Caulfield were the two big guys we hit on on yesterday's show. And so those guys are certainly going to be a force to be reckoned with uh, for years to come, probably for this Montreal team, I'm sure they'll be looking to keep them on board long term. But going back to the sloppiness of this game, and especially on the Canadian side of things, I kept you know, watching them make these mistakes. There were a lot of times where they would be trying to get set up in the offensive zone, but the puck would slide past the blue line and they had to reset. Uh, you know, But the Stars weren't really capitalizing on it, and it just got me thinking that you know, if the Stars were playing a better team, that they would probably be down because, you know, one, a better team wouldn't be making those mistakes that Montreal was making, but also, uh, you know, the Stars were making their fair share of mistakes as well. But a good team, like the team they played in Toronto on Tuesday night, uh, or even, you know, Nashville, New York, a lot of these teams that they played recently uh, would not let the Stars hang around as long as they did in the early stages. But thankfully, in this case, they're able to get two points because it was a bad team in Montreal, even though they do have these promising young players in Caulfield and Suzuki, uh, you know, still a long way to go in their rebuild process, which we'll talk about a little bit later on the show as they've, you know, been making some deals uh, around the NHL, trading some of their big pieces away. Uh, we, you know, we talked about Jeff Petrie and Ben Sherratt being big trade pieces. Sherratt was gone by the time that this game took place on Thursday night in Florida. But again, we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. But to round up kind of this, uh, you know, this portion of the game of what kind of felt like an off game for both these teams, I think what finally kind of, you know, turned the tide for Dallas was their ability to play more physical uh, than this Montreal Canadiens team. With the Montreal team being so young uh, and fresh, I think, the, you know, that they really were lacking that physicality side of play. The Dallas Stars recorded so many more hits, I can't even remember uh, you know what the number was, but they recorded way more hits and they were a lot more physical along the boards, which they have not done well over the past few games. And I think that was ultimately the difference in this matchup was Dallas's willingness to take things to Montreal and force the issue on a physical side, which we've talked about a lot this season. But to see them finally do it uh, is a good sight to see. And I think it did help that they were playing against such a young group uh, that's probably scared to go at guys like Jamie Benn uh, or Roddick Fox, so some of the bigger guys on the team that have you know laid down some pretty good hits this year so certainly glad to see the stars doing that we just need to see that be a trend for the rest of the season in order for the stars to string together more wins and continue to climb in the standings and put themselves in a good position when the playoffs roll around well coming up next we will continue to talk about this game talk about some of the scoring that we saw uh, coming from some guys that maybe we didn't expect going into this matchup all of that coming up after a quick break and a word from some of our sponsors Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with Built Bars. They are better for you. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Compare that to a Built Bar, which only contains 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Mint brownie, coconut almond, and regular coconut, and a new flavor for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They are all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it, and it will be delicious, and it will be good for you. At Built Bar, they are all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, and then they figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every single time. Go to Built.com. 
right now and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order at Built.com. Jumping back into today's episode of Locked on Stars, your first listen of the day. Guys, thank you again for stopping by today's show. Remember, on Monday, we will be going live at 2 o'clock Central Time, uh, the end of the trade deadline, to react to all the deals that go down, whether it's with the Stars or the rest of the NHL. We will be covering it live on YouTube again at 2 o'clock Central Time. Uh, we'll be going live talking about all things NHL trade deadline. You will not want to miss out on that. But getting back to last night's game, between the Stars and the Canadians. We talked about on Thursday's episode how the Stars have been a one-line team most of the season, and that is a trend that needs to change here over the next stretch of games because their offense has been pretty lacking outside of that game against New York uh, where it seemed like both goalies, Igor Shesterkin and Jay Gottinger, were having off nights. You know, in Nashville, they only score one goal. They get shut out in Toronto. Just a tough go-around for the offense, including the top line, uh, but I think that was partially you know, due in part to the other team's defenses, shutting down the top line and really leaving the Stars with nothing to work with on offense. But thankfully, we saw that narrative finally shift a little bit on Thursday in Montreal. Uh, you know, not only did the top line not score a single goal, they did not record a single point uh, in this game. And that's not to say that they didn't have their fair share of looks. Uh, they certainly did have a good amount of opportunities, especially early on in the game. I know I mentioned that uh, on social media, that they had some really good looks, even though there was a lot of sloppiness and a lot of bad play early on. Uh, you know, good looks at the net, which is not unheard of for any of those guys. I mentioned the Rupe Hintz attempt, Jason Robertson, and Joe Pavelski both had a handful of shots as well that just got blocked by Jake Allen, who all in all had a fairly good night uh, in the net. Just some chaotic plays around the, uh, you know, the crease uh, allowed the puck to slip in. And ultimately, he takes the loss, and Jake Ottinger gets the win. But we also, going into this game, saw a big shift in the lineup. We do have that top line of Hintz, Robertson, Pavelski, but then Coach Rick Bonus did shift everything else up quite a bit. We saw Peterson, Sagan, and Luke Glendinning on line two. We saw Marion Studenich, Jamie Benn, and Denis Gurionov on the third line, and then Michael Roffel, Roddick Foxa, and Alexander Radulov rounding out that fourth line, uh, just looking to shake things up in order to maybe get some more offense flowing from the other three lines in the Stars' offense. Uh, and we finally got it in this game. And it came, uh, you know, the source was from some players that maybe we didn't expect to see, including Roddick Foxa, who did get the scoring started in this game, getting the first goal for the Stars in this matchup, putting them up 1-0. And he had not scored in over 40 games. I think 41 games uh, it had been since we last saw Roddick Foxa put the puck in the back of the net. To, sight, to see that, you have to go all the way back to November 13th when they played the Philadelphia Flyers at home. And then before then, he did score on opening night at Madison Square Garden against the New York Rangers. So this is now his third goal on the season. Uh, and he's had a quiet season offensively, Roddick Foxa has. I mean, and he's never really been the flashiest offensive scorer, especially as of late. Always been more of kind of a, you know, a face-off guy, a penalty kill guy, a physical guy along the boards. Still a valuable player to this team. Not necessarily going to stuff the stat sheet, though, as far as goals, but really glad to finally see one bounce his way. He had been fighting hard for a lot of goals in some of their more recent games and things just not going his way, either getting turned aside by the goalie, getting you know robbed by the goalie, or just getting a play broken up by an opposing defenseman. But really glad to see number 12 finally put one in the back of the net and help his team out. And then we also saw Jamie Benn uh, have a pretty big night. He had a 3.90, including one goal, as well as two helpers. Of course, uh, teaming up with Essa Lindell and John Klingberg, who had a big night in his own right, also a three-point night 
uh, for number three on the Stars team. And he came up big down the stretch. The Stars found themselves down a point with less than five minutes to go in the game. Klingberg gets the puck in the slot and ties it up. Uh, and then, of course, plays Hero in overtime with less than 10 seconds left on the clock before an event what would have been an eventual shootout. Uh, John Klingberg is able to avoid the chaos in front of the net and slip the puck past Jake Allen. And it was reviewed. Uh, there was a thought that maybe Tyler Sagan interfered with Allen on the play. But uh, upon further review, and even from my standpoint, I didn't think anything happened. And that's what the referee saw as well. Uh, so they did count. Good goal, but really good stuff from John Klingberg. Uh, you know, if Miro Haskin was healthy, I would say that his trade stock is going up, and it probably still is. Uh, I imagine that there are several teams out there inquiring about John Klingberg, but with the Miro Haskin and sickness uh, and just the state of the defensive core right now, I still can't imagine that Jim Nill and company will be looking to move on from John Klingberg anytime soon. But if, it, if that's the case, uh, I would love to see John Klingberg continue to string together some three-point nights or even a one- or two-point night consistently. And I know we see it said all the time, but good things happen when John Klingberg shoots the puck. And a lot of times that means, you know, that someone else is getting a goal off a deflection or a tip. Uh, but this night it meant that he was getting goals on his own, which is a beautiful thing to see. That is, you know, we saw vintage John Klingberg last night, and it's been a long time since we've seen that version of John. And so if he is going to stay with this team for the rest of the season, I hope that that's just a little preview of what we're going to get down the stretch this season from number three and speaking of the defenseman kind of taking a, a turn for uh, what we've been talking about a lot of the positives I will say um, you know we talk about this defensive core having to come together in the absence of Miro Haskinen and they you know they did a fairly good job uh, in last night's game but we also did see quite a few mistakes as far as penalties go we saw Ryan Suter get penalized John Klingberg did get penalized twice and we also saw Roddick Fox has spent some time in the box although he's not a defenseman he is one of the more important penalty killers on this team and that's just something that the Stars are going to have to avoid. Thankfully, again, they were playing a team with the 31st best power play in the NHL. So that's always going to be you know, beneficial and in your favor, but still can't have those three guys being in the box uh, because that's just not going to help the team out. And that makes it a lot harder to defend as if it isn't hard enough to defend a five on four. Uh, having some of your best penalty killers in the box in those situations, certainly not going to help you win hockey games. And you have to at least be in every game at this point in the season and get as many points as you can because the playoff picture is shifting every single day. And I think the defensemen realize that. And, you know, with every passing day, we're getting closer to the return of Miro Haskin and he's going to be healing up, getting over his mononucleosis. And we'll hopefully see him on the ice uh, sometime again soon because the Stars have desperately missed Miro Haskin in, in the lineup. And I think getting him back in uh, will provide a little bit of spark both offensively and defensively for this team well coming up next to close out we will talk about some dallas stars roster news as well as take a look around the league at what trades have been going down uh, things are really starting to pick up ahead of monday's deadline all of that coming up on the other side of another quick break today's episode is brought to you by betonline.net it's that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us from all the latest odds Contest and player props, betonline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and information. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline.net where the game starts.
Closing out today's episode of Locked on Stars, taking a quick moment to talk about the Dallas Stars making a pretty quiet roster move before their game against Montreal last night. Defenseman Andre Sekera, who's been on the long-term IR for quite some time now, was placed on waivers. And at the time of recording this, he has not been picked up by a team. And he also uh, still has yet to clear waivers. That, of course, will need to happen on Friday. And it's just kind of a weird situation because Brick Bonus did say before the team left for Toronto that they were hopeful that Sekiro would play this weekend, likely Saturday against the New York Islanders. Uh, but now it seems like maybe that isn't the case. And I, I think there's a lot of speculation that the Stars are moving Sekiro off the team to clear up just a little bit of cap space. Sekiro only making 1.5 on the season. So not a ton of money, but certainly uh, does open up more space than what the Stars did have, which was practically nothing before this. And who knows what other moves might be made as far as the long-term IR with Miro Haskinen and Braden Holtzby or really, you know, anyone else on the team. I mean, that kind of stuff can just kind of pop up out of nowhere. So certainly going to be an interesting storyline to watch to see as we approach the deadline on Monday, if the Stars are going to make any moves. I feel like moving Andre Sekera the way that they did kind of quietly maybe indicates that they're at least eyeing some sort of potential trade. Probably nothing of the blockbuster variety, but certainly something to be mindful of and watchful of. But we also... Uh, could be, you know, overlooking this, overreacting to it, and we could see Andre Sekera back in the lineup sometime soon, maybe as soon as this weekend or early next week. But looking around, uh, you know, the rest of the NHL, plenty of other trades have been going down. Things really starting to snowball as we approach Monday's deadline at 2 o'clock Central Time. Uh, and one of the big ones we talked about it earlier in the show was Ben Sherratt. We did mention on Thursday's show that both he and Jeff Petrie were pretty big names around the National Hockey League for potential trades. And of course, on the 16th, on Wednesday before their matchup with the Stars, the Florida Panthers acquired Ben Sherratt and really didn't have to give up too much. I mean, at least, you know, they did give up a first round pick, but that first round pick will not be in use until 2023. And then they also traded a prospect and a fourth round pick in this year's draft and so the florida panthers already a very dangerous team have gotten a little bit better and certainly looking to shape up for what they hope is a deep playoff run in the eastern conference and then the calgary flames also got a lot stronger they've already made a big trade this season getting tyler to foley from this montreal canadians team uh, but now they went out and got cali jean croc uh, from the seattle crack and a guy that had been with the national predators his whole career and then was picked up by seattle of course uh, through the summer with the expansion draft, things of that nature. Uh, and Cali's having a pretty good season, 26 points quietly on a Seattle team that's been struggling. Uh, and this is a guy that's going to get plugged in to this Calgary lineup very quick and is going to make, I imagine, a quick impact uh, and make an already dangerous offense even more lethal with guys like Johnny Gaudreau. Uh, I mean, uh, just a very dangerous Calgary team as the Dallas Stars know good and well, uh, as we saw that comeback back in early February, right before the All-Star break. And they've just been on an absolute tear ever since that moment and certainly uh, looking to be the team that comes out with the number one seed in the Pacific Division and a team that could potentially challenge the Colorado Avalanche for, you know, ultimately winning the Western Conference. I think a Calgary-Colorado series at any point in the playoffs would be incredibly entertaining. Uh, and if the Stars don't end up going very far, that's secretly uh, maybe the Western Conference final series that I hope we get uh, because they're certainly building up high hopes for the postseason, as well as the Colorado Avalanche. We talked about earlier this week some of the moves they've been making, uh, and I imagine that they're not done. Calgary maybe might be done with trades at this point. You truly never know. Uh, but, you know, Claude Giroux 
has now played his thousandth game in Philadelphia. He played that last night where they got the win over the Nashville Predators, but I imagine that he will not be a Philadelphia Flyer for much longer. Uh, he's been one of the hottest names surrounding trade talks so far this season. We just talked about the Colorado Avalanche and the Florida Panthers. Those are two teams that he's heavily speculated to potentially go to uh, because those are some of the hottest contenders around the league. So at the time of recording this, he has not been moved anywhere, but I imagine either tomorrow or maybe sometime this weekend, we will see Claude Giroux get moved to a different team. Although 1,000 games in the NHL is very impressive, I'm sure. Uh, it was an emotional night for he and his family to you know, experience the 1,000th game in the city that he's played his entire career in, uh, but probably going to be a fairly weird experience if and when he does get moved to a different team. But seems like he will get moved to a place where he has a great chance to win a Stanley Cup. Uh, which has got to be really exciting for him. Uh, although probably, again, a little weird and a little emotional. But the trade deadline talks are picking up and snowballing. Like I said, this is a very exciting time in the league, and we will be keeping up with all the action today and throughout the weekend, and of course on Monday as well, when we go live at 2 o'clock Central Time. But that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Stars. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day. Be sure to subscribe to and follow the Locked on Stars podcast wherever you get your podcast at on YouTube or your favorite listening platform, whether that's Spotify, Apple, Google, you name it. If you can get podcast on there, we are likely available there. So be sure to follow and subscribe if you do not do so already. Be sure to tune back in on Monday. Uh, the show before we go live at two, we'll be talking about the weekend games between the Stars and the Islanders on Saturday. And then, of course, the Stars We'll be playing in Washington, D.C. on Sunday against the Capitals, looking to get revenge uh, against a team that shut them out 5-0 in their own building earlier this season. But we'll see you there, Stars fans. Have a great weekend.